0: How's it guys, my name is Mark Haysteck, and you're listening to the Burning Life Youth Podcast. This week's guest is Joshua Winter and I've got my microphone to work again because unfortunately the last episode I did uh, with two of the Burning Life Ambassadors, I forgot to plug my microphone in and I was speaking into it the whole time yet my computer audio (laughs) was taking uh, my voice not my proper podcasting microphone. So anyways, uh, without further ado, let's get on with this so Josh uh, welcome to the birding life Youth podcast how are you doing
1: hi mark thank you so much for having me i'm I'm doing great in you
0: okay so Josh you are based in the howting area how did you get into birding
1: well birding has always has always run in my family it started with my my grandpa he then passed it down to my my two aunts and my uncle Funnily enough the the blood obviously never got to my mom; she's not a birder at all. But luckily, I I managed to get it. So I've always been always been exposed to birds, and it sort of just came naturally almost. And then I did get a camera in end of 2019, and that sort of propelled it forward almost.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, uh, same with me when I got my first camera when I was about eight years old. I started getting more involved in, in nature and stuff. And then only much later when I was 14, birding kicked in and um, started photographing every bird I saw, taking it home, checking the bird guide out and uh, identifying stuff like that. Um, that uh your yeah, cameras. Cameras have played quite a big role in birding these days, especially. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so, I mean, you, you say you've got a lot of family members who bird. I am the only one in my family, <laughs> not just my house family, but, uh, like throughout my whole family, I believe who birds, um, and my, most of my birding's been in the Western Cape. So, uh, I've I've stayed in Gauteng maybe for a night and done a little bit of birding while on my way to Kruger, but I don't know much about the area. So, what are some of your you know local patches and places you like to go birding, um, just for like, just to explain to me because as as a birder who hasn't birded Gauteng before.
1: Well, I like to go to this place in the southern not south of Joburg, um, called Marry Vale. It's a wetland on the Bronkhorst Sprite, I believe. And then there's another place called Ridfle Dam. Um, it's a dam and there's a nature reserve around it.
0: Oh cool. There's quite
1: a few quite a few birds there.
0: Are those um, are those two places quite close to each other?
1: Uh, they're probably about an hour and a bit away from each other.
0: But, okay. Yeah.
1: So That'd I'm like grow. in between them.
0: Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, so you yeah. got the uh, two hotspots uh, on either side of you. What are some of the What are some of the highlight birds that uh, you would see there?
1: Well, at Malvern, you get all your your water species, your water birds. Um, so uh, rolls. I've only oh. ever seen black crake, but I know they've seen other crake there before. Uh, your terns, your your runs. they're not they're nothing too special
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're down here too yeah. <laughs> yeah um
1: occasionally you do get fish eagles there which is you wouldn't expect them there um I saw I saw a juvenile fish eagles the last time I was there so yeah it was a bit strange because I, I didn't expect to see it and obviously you get all the waders, your snipes your your sandpipers oh that's
0: so nice
1: all of them yeah I'm um, a flay. you get a lot of your grassland species. That place flay, is full of African stone chat. Every tree, every piece of grass you go past, there's an Af- there's a stone chat in it. You also get your Cape Long claws there. there. there's just loads of them. Um Yeah.
0: Yeah, Cape Long Claws, um, I must say, I oh, like yo. Oh, I don't know, I, I really favor those birds. I mean they're they're fairly common down here as well. We actually get them um in the garden route as well quite quite often they we don't we don't have like big grasslands or anything but on like soccer soccer fields um Fainbors sort of farmlands we get them here but oh i can't get over those birds they're so beautiful um but yeah, yo, you were saying
1: yeah they're, they're incredible and they're incredibly hard to get a photo of because i feel like they never stay still they're always moving
0: <laughs> i was i was quite lucky um I actually had a very different experience when I was uh, playing soccer a few years ago with my club. Uh, well, the club I was part of here in George, we right right after soccer, I was waiting to get picked up and I had my camera with me because the the George United uh, soccer fields are surrounded by like um, <clears throat> what's the word right riparian right thicket and uh, like thicket in the middle of town where there's a little river growing there. And uh, so there's usually some nice birds like black blackwing kite, rock, kestrel, every now and then, harrier hawk flying over, and then I saw these cable long claws on the field the one day. So I had my camera with me, and I was walking up to the bird, leopard crawling a bit, I took a few shots, and then all of, all of a sudden this thing decides to lie down, and uh, I get super close and I get some nice shots of it. And that was when I had my Panasonic Lumix um, 12 times optical zoom, like small camera and I uh, managed to get some good shots because uh, I got so close to it. And uh, yeah, very showy bird with its big, like, um, what's the word? Uh, prominent orange throat. So cool. Yeah, I mean, the old name is orange throated long claw. Yeah, oh, yeah,
1: you got fairly lucky there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I always struggle with him and the stone chats as well. They they never sit still.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Um, that, except for only only when you're like far away from them and they're sitting on the fence looking out for anything or um but you're something in their natural habitat they're in like a grassy area or bushy area and you can't really get too close unless you're in a car and the car is really helpful birding um because they don't see it as a threat or anything but i can understand you are <laughs> difficult to photograph or, or get good views of but uh what camera are you using at the moment
1: so at the moment, I'm using the Canon 4000D. It's the lowest, the, the bottom of the range DSLR, but it, it can still take some pretty good photos. Um, I have been looking at upgrading, but yeah, it, it'll have to be quite a, a major upgrade, I think.
0: Uh, oh yeah, we, we all wish so, I guess. Um, I'm using a, um, a Fujifilm, I don't know the the actual model, but it's a um, uh, 40 times optical zoom bridge camera little thingy. I, I like the bridge cameras. I'm looking to upgrade when I get the chance, uh, but at the moment it's not on my my priority list um, because this one's working quite well. Uh, I got given it about two years ago, and it's already quite old, works quite well. But, I mean, no, it's, the easy thing is it's got uh, macro, super macro, and then the 40 times optical zoom um really helps when you're out in the field, you know, when in between photographing like uh, flowers and bugs, and then you see a bird fly over to you and you can quickly, you know, without having to change lenses, photograph the bird flying over because you've got a built-in um, bridge camera lens. So yeah, bridge cameras are quite cool, but uh, I haven't experienced mirror lens cameras or DSLRs as yet, but I think I'd like to upgrade sometime as well. <laughs>
1: yeah, the, the bridge cameras are great. Uh, especially, you, you don't have to carry around a extra heavy lens.
0: Yes, it's, yes, yeah,
1: just to get to the bird, you know, just to get to the, you know, the bird in the distance.
0: Exactly, yeah, that, that's 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 quite true. I mean, you don't want to really. I guess that's what you know. It's cool on safari game drives and um, guided tours in in cars, or when you're yeah you know, in a car birding, uh, for example. Um, that's cool because you can change the lens in the seat next to you. You know, if if you're driving, so you have the your your, your long lens in the in the seat next to you, um, and you can quickly change if there's a bird in the you know short distance. You need a short lens. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, if if you're out in the field, you know, climbing a a copy to get to that rock jump on the top of the mountain, you don't want to really be carrying a backpack with an extra lens in the back. I mean, you. I mean, that's what people do. Uh, but <laughs> bridge cameras come in really handy in, in scenarios like that where you are hiking somewhere and you just need a quick swap uh or yeah well yeah you you, you take longer to swap with a um a dslr whereas with the bridge camera you have the yeah uh quick to use lens
1: yeah that's that's what really makes them nice for birding <laughs> because yeah carrying heavy stuff up mountains and copies is just the mission
0: yeah true now um how long ago did you get that camera of yours?
1: I got it in for for Christmas in two thousand and nineteen. So I've had it for about, about a a and a half, a little bit more.
0: Oh, nice! And how's your photography doing? Have you done any like uh, trips to national parks or anything like that for to go photograph certain species?
1: So this year I have been I went to Marikele National Park to photograph the the colony of Cape vultures. It's actually the largest breeding colony of Cape vultures in the world. And it's crazy when you get, get up on the mountain and you look out and there's just vultures everywhere. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Jeepers. Yeah. So that, that was really nice. And then we went to, I've been to the Kruger twice this year. We Both times I stayed in the Taba area and Moponi area. Oh, the one wow. time. I was lucky to stay at Sable Hyde. Um so yeah, that's the overnight hide across the Palabora Gate.
0: Man, that must have been quite a nice trip. I've I actually haven't been to that area yet, Lataba uh, and I haven't heard much about that hide. What was your experience like there?
1: It was it was cool. Uh, it was very cool. I ended up standing on a frog. It scared me a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Frog>. <laughs> yeah, a frog inside the hide, like next to my bed.
0: Oh no! so did you like shout and then make, you know, break the silence?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of a heart attack, but that was all fine. But yeah, the, the dam, it's on a really nice dam, so the dam, uh, you get spoonbills there, you see lots of herons. Um, at night, you, I hope we heard the elephants on the other side of the dam. They were splashing about in the water. Um yeah, and then we had this weird thing where these these we would shine on the water and then we'd see eyes moving across the water, but it was like something was jumping across the water. And it turned out that it were it was these fish that would jump out of the water and they would sort of I don't know how to describe it, sort of like bounce on top of it and then fall back in, or I don't know. It was weird.
0: <laughs> Sheesh, no, weird stuff can happen at nights in the dark. Um, <laughs> yeah, do you see any bush babies? I don't
1: know. We didn't, we, no, on the night drive we did, we went on a night drive at Lutaba. We did see some bush babies. Um, we saw some owls, they were too far away though to identify. Um, well personally for me, uh, I don't do well with things far away in the night. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That can <laughs> Not be expected bad. of anyone.
1: <laughs> yeah. There yeah. were definitely some sort of eagle owls. Yeah, but I couldn't tell which species exactly.
0: Okay, that's quite nice. Yeah. Um I've I've been to the Kruger twice. Uh, and I think on my first trip there, um, when I was, I think it was about two years ago, I hadn't birded the north part of South Africa at all. So I went there. And after a few days, I had 87 lifers at the end of the trip. And that was, by far, the yeah you know, the most lifers I've got on a trip. Um, and I think it was less than a week. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that just shows, like, um, how little species I had in that habitat uh, or biome. So it was, I mean, flipping exciting.
1: Uh, that's incredible. So I think if I go to the Khalakari or into kzn i'll add loads of lifers onto my list as i have i have not birded those areas at all yeah
0: yeah me as well uh i was blessed enough to go with my friend to um i was blessed enough to go to halakadi i think 2019 um and and I, I managed to add quite a few species there the, the majority of the common ones it was you're such a different landscape uh, but kzn is also a place i still need to get um take a visit to. I haven't haven't got any of those those uh those birds there. Um now now Josh you besides birding, you also do quite a lot of swimming, right?
1: Yeah, so I'm a competitive swimmer. I swim for the University of Pretoria. We our club is Tux. Um yeah, we're the biggest club in the country at the moment, I believe. After yeah we yeah
0: That's cool. And uh, is birding and swimming basically like your your main uh, interests and things that keep you busy? Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, I have to balance my time between swimming and birding, which can obviously be quite difficult because your swimming coach expects you to be there at least six sessions in the winter. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so six days a week is taken up by swimming, but you want to go on holiday to do some birding. So you have to sort of find a balance between that and it can be quite hard sometimes so I generally take my son so Sundays we are we don't train on Sundays so I'll go I'll generally do my birding on Sundays yeah
0: that's your that's your bird watching day yeah it's it's reserved <laughs> oh that's cool um and and when you when you go on like a short uh birding trip say you've got the the morning free uh and you you don't really have like a A lift to the game reserve or or any special place where would you usually go
1: well so i'm quite lucky then that my family are birders and that i will most likely have a lift (laughs) um but if we can't get to the game reserve then like if like sometimes i like to go far away to pillensburg and if i can't get get there then I'll just end up going to Mariville probably. <laughs> that yeah. I really like it, there. yeah. All
0: right, cool. So it's not too far. It's
1: about 40 minutes, 50 minutes. So it's not too bad. Um yeah.
0: So you live in quite a central place in terms of hot spots around you.
1: Yes, yeah, so, yeah. So I've got Seki Boulevard and Mariville to the south of me. I've got Richley to the north of me and there's obviously zoch drift a little bit further up
0: mm. you might uh you might meet Yandre there because the, the only hot spot I hear him say is Zoch-Kil, Zoch-Kil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's really is a good good area for birds I want to go in there in the summer so you know I get all the the migrants um and then i also i went to dinner king the other day for the first time oh yeah. It's a bizarre place. Um, definitely the strangest game reserve I've ever been to, but I did get my most birds that I've seen in a day there. So yeah, it turned out quite well.
0: Oh nice! Yeah, I always like be- beating my my day record or something. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it was quite quite fun uh, doing that. I remember <coughs> I kayaked up a, I kayaked up a river once, and it was I think it was just beginning of summer and we didn't get we didn't get off the kayak the whole time uh, necessarily we were kayaking up a river and uh, i think we got i think we got to 97 species for the morning or something it was really cool uh birding a like a a forest/estuary habitat oh it was so fun um and that, that was that was really fascinating to well, exciting to get the variety of cuckoos migratory swallows you know it was beginning of breeding season i mean uh, spring season and then forest and estuary um, and in the Garden Route, it's it's probably the most diverse, biodiverse place in terms of birds in the Western Cape, um, from what I know. It, it, yeah, probably is. Um, but I mean, you know, it's not as diverse as KZN or Limpopo Mpumalanga uh, areas, um, or even Ghateng. Uh But it's it's got the the specials, which which uh, makes up for that.
1: Yeah, sure. 97 species in a morning is quite impressive.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was It was quite impressive. I, I wouldn't say it was a morning. It was more like three quarters of the day. Yeah, even um, in a day, that is. Yeah, I know it it's is quite good. It's quite unbeatable. <laughs> yeah, unless, you, unless you're going on birding big day where you got the car and you, you drive around half your province. <laughs> yeah, yeah. then you'll see loads. Then you'll see over 100 species. Uh, it's quite crazy, uh, the amounts that some guys get uh, for Birding Big Day. Um, but did you did you buy any chance to take part in Birding Big Day?
1: No, not not this year, unfortunately.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I would like to, but obviously with swimming, okay, stuff can be hard.
0: Yeah, hobbies and sports get in the way of birding sometimes.
1: Yeah, well, I always wonder is, where do they find all these birds and how do they fit it in all into one day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, well, yeah. When when I did it um, last year with my team, our driver Tim Carr, he he knows the Garden root area quite well. And so I mean, birding in this area for many years, you you learn the hotspots, or you know a spot to find Nazca warbler, um, or a place where you know that there's this uh, eagle that is always in that area uh, in summertime, or something like that. And so you you learn these hotspots around your um, your municipality, if I can say, so your local area and uh you you plan a route that um i think the best thing is you you, you plan a route to these hot spots that you know you'll get a bunch of species at um and so you not necessarily you don't necessarily plan to go to that spot uh to find that bird because it's so special even if you you end up missing out on an arena trogon um you it's because you you go to a place that's just got a bigger variety of species so i mean uh, if you were to choose between going to town where, I don't know, say for example, there's a flipping Cape Eagle Owl that nests on this guy's roof, <laughs> and going to um, West Coast National Park um, a bird hides there, you obviously choose to go to West Coast National Park because it's got a bigger variety of species, even though you might just get the common wood sandpiper, white-fronted plover, blah, blah, blah. But you want to go to these places where they are hot spots. So I think Burning big day just takes a heck of a lot of planning.
1: Yes, definitely. I and mean, then that's the one thing I struggle with when I'm when I choosing where I want to go to ho- for oh, go on holiday. I always struggle with: Do I want to go to a place where I know one certain bird is, but I don't know what else I'm going to see, or if I just go to one place where there, I know there are loads of birds, but there's nothing rare or something uncommon guaranteed or yeah, special yeah
0: yeah and that's where you kind of got to decide you know um am i going to go for something special or or am i going to go somewhere um where i can get a large amount of birds and sometimes you got to like i i, I got to look at myself sometimes and say you know don't do it for your list just go go to that that person's roof to find the Cape Eagle are, you know, <laughs> because I mean, if, if I really want to do that and it's for myself, I'm going to go do that. Um, yeah.
1: It'll be an experience.
0: Yeah. It'll be an experience and not just adding to, adding to the list necessarily, but sometimes it's nice to add to the list and show off. Um, but we've got to kind of balance the show showing off and um, the, the alone birding, should I say? Yes. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, I, I, I started birding, uh, on my own and with my friend and then I joined the bird club but um, like nowadays I, I I usually bird mostly on my own actually yeah it's it can be quite therapeutic almost <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, that's actually very true yeah I totally agree and you know yeah I mean sometimes some of my friends can't understand like oh, how can you go alone birding you know it's like you don't have any interaction or you see a a will take down a pigeon and it's like oh you go wow look at that and you're like screaming by yourself and there's no one around you to to like experience it with but sometimes you know oh i've had those experiences where you know it's just you and you're like i saw this and you can hold on to that memory as something that you saw you know <laughs> um that um uh, no one else did so
1: yeah it's it's quite nice it it's like you're embracing the moment almost
0: yes exactly (laughs) that's special can be quite special sometimes um in both ways yeah yeah so um have have you ever joined a bird club
1: no i haven't joined a bird club um yeah Uh, i worry that i'm too young and i'll be like the age difference like i heard that you joined one and you decreased the the average age by five years, but it was still in the seventies or
0: something. <laughs> I, I yeah, heard yes. about that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was. That was mostly a joke, uh, but uh-huh. but uh, not not overly over exaggerated. It's <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> <Because, laughs>
1: yeah. I was astonished when I heard that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't being hundred percent serious, but uh, yeah, no, I, I did. I did. I definitely brought the the average age down uh, when I joined the, my, 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 local bird club, but it's been so cool and really has been so cool. Um, I joined the club and, you know, there's all these adults and older people, uh, who have so much to share and you can just like embrace it all. Um, uh, but, but, uh, most of the time that that's what you can do. Um, I mean, you, you get looked upon by everyone and everyone knows your name, but you, most of the time you don't know everyone else's name because there's so many other so many other uh, adults and older people who um yeah there's just so many others uh and they're they're all sort of like the same age uh but you know bird clubs these days are becoming that uh well at, at least the the typical view of a bird club is a bunch of old people i'm going to put that like bunny ears old people um, who, who go walk around going, oh, look at the bird, it's flying, you know. No, it's not. It's like...
1: <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's a lot <laughs> more involved, I would imagine. It's,
0: yeah, I, I agree, I agree. Um, and it can be like that sometimes, you know. You see an ostrich fly, that's quite fascinating. I um, haven't experienced that yet, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, much of the time it can be, you know, whacking through a bush to go see this um I don't know, well, not to disturb the bird's habitat, really, uh, but to, to get the better view of the bird or, you know, you you walk a certain distance to go see this bird that someone's found or something, you know, it's an adventure. I, I mean, to see that old people are having an adventure, maybe not climbing mountains, but still getting out there and looking for these treasures, these these bird species. It's, it's quite encouraging. Um, in, yeah, in some it's, ways. it's really good to see. Yeah, it's good to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, and all the older people always say like, oh, it's it's so cool to see a, a young person getting into nature, um, and it really is. It's it's quite rare these days, but it. I feel it's yeah, way, it,
1: it's very rare. Yeah, I hardly ever see it.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, ever since I joined Instagram, I was actually quite surprised. Um, there are more people than I thought there were.
0: Yes, who are interested in nature.
1: Yeah, but yeah they're more interested in the big cats and yeah oh, that's, that's the
0: thing you know <laughs> it's like come on just take a photo of a bird and then they they post a photo of like a a red-eyed dove and they call it an african morning dove it's like oh my word. yeah <laughs> or,
1: or the uh, only birds they'll take photos of is, are eagles
0: eagles the yeah. eagles and the lilac breasted rollers dude yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> lilac breasted rollers are so overrated <laughs> <laughs> yes they're all over the place yeah no, but I'm, I'm just joking i think um at least they're trying, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're putting some effort in.
0: Yeah, they are, um, and I think it's really cool. Um, like this uh, young wildlife photography group that you and I are both on, that uh, Gabby uh, has initiated. It's really cool. Uh, I think the the um, doors that photography has opened up for youth is quite. Uh, it's got quite a big impact because now I can go on that game drive. We um, have. You have more of a reason to go on the game drive because now it's not just seen as some adult thing to do when you've got lots of money uh, or retired and have nothing else to do. You can, you know, go try get a better photo than your friend, and maybe that's what um, sparks an interest in you to enjoy nature. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's it's great that there's a lot of young young people photographing nature, and even if it is just the big cats, you know, they've got some pretty good shots. And I must yeah, admit, they, they do have. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, sure. But they'll they'll become birders one day, I'm sure. We yeah, just I mean, influence them.
1: <laughs> being in the bush, you almost become a birder without realising it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've heard. I mean, you, yeah, you
1: have to when you're looking for big cats and that. Sometimes you're going to be sitting and waiting for them, so you will be seeing birds while you're sitting and waiting. So you, mm. you know, you might as well identify those. True. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's. I guess that's how quite a few people who actually become birders uh, I've heard from one one of my guests how they they were in the Kruger National Park or one of the national parks in South Africa and they they saw a yellow bull hornbill and they had a bird book on the car not that they use it so often but they opened it up and they're like oh okay so that's what it is and they they remember like that's the bird that got them into bird watching you know um, and so I, I don't have that memory though yeah I I don't really have that either yeah. Like the, the first bird that got me into birding, I, I, I don't remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It it's it would be nice to have something like that, but yeah. Mm, mm.
0: I have a memory when I was very young. Um uh, when I was I was four years old and we were walking I was in the back garden with my grandfather and uh we were like talking and stuff. I think oh I must have been four or five, uh, and and uh where my grandpa said, oh, look at that under the bush. It's a flailuri. And I looked under the hedge and there was like this Birchall's cocoa, you know, jumping around. Um, and he was like, he was a mechanic. He wasn't a birder at all, but he, he'd grown up in South Africa his whole life. And uh, obviously knew the name of some birds. So that was probably my, my earliest memory of, of birds, like the flayluri. And it looked so big to me back then because I was a lot smaller. Yes, yeah. They're still quite big birds. Uh, yeah, the,
1: I also remember them being very big. And then I saw one last weekend and I'm like, sure. It's shrunk a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, a little bit. <laughs> it, it, it hasn't. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe you've just grown a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that's probably what happened.
0: Probably. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Okay, Josh, I think that's been a lack of chats, man. Thanks for yeah, thanks. me on the, the podcast, bro. Yeah. Thank you
1: for having me. All
0: right. Cool, bro. Well, happy birding and be blessed, but. Yeah, thank you. You too. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can check out The Birding Life on all your social media platforms and your preferred podcast players. Until next time, happy birding.